Hello. <laughs> this is Measure of Faith, and this is Rachel. And this is Hannah. And we are going to read near-death experiences and discuss what we think happens in them. By the way, near-death experience is also referred to as an NDE, which is something I just found out. So <laughs> there you go for the rest of you. And I've read hundreds of stories, and Hannah is newer to this. I'm a noob. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a little bit of a skeptic, and I'm, I'm not, definitely. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that in this story. And so the site that we use is called nderf.org. And they post near-death experiences, so anyone can submit their near-death experiences, and they're read by a doctor and then uploaded to the website. So this story that we're about to read to you, we will make sure to include a link for you to read for yourself along with us or afterwards. You know, there's a whole bunch of information included in these. Too much to go over. Yeah, so it starts out with the experience description, and they give just their overall experience of what happened, and then afterwards they're asked a series of questions. So we're not necessarily going to go into those questions. You can look at those questions later. What we're more going to talk about is our theme, which today is what happens to your pet after, after it dies. And today we're going to read... Jacqueline H.W. N.D.E. And Hannah is going to read it today. I'm going to read it today. <laughs> Jacqueline, let's see what you have to give us. Okay. Experience description reads, There was a point of knowing. With that knowing came no fear. I wasn't frightened at all. Also at that point, there is no concept of time. As on my return back to my body and back to this earth, I was told that I was clinically dead for 12 minutes. As there is no concept of time, everything seems to move both very fast and very slow at, at the one point. Upon experiencing the tremendous light, which to our normal eyes would seem almost blinding, I first saw our dog, Mr. Miyagi, who had passed six months earlier. He had died of old age, but upon that meeting, he was like a lion in his prime and sitting in a meadow. He had radiated love for me and for our time that had not been spent together on this earth. We didn't communicate through words. It is just knowing. I then met Malcolm G., who was a lifelong family friend and a very strong influence in the way my early adult life panned out. He had passed of cancer a few years earlier and was a strong, handsome young man. I was actually very surprised to find that he had passive cancer, as he had always been a very sick child, suffering from kidney disease and having had two kidney transplants. His body was always weak. I had felt a sense of laughter all the way around Malcolm, as he, had, as he always had a wonderful sense of humor and wanted to become a comedian. I think he would make all the spirits around him <laughs> laugh. <laughs> She's so cute. <laughs> I then saw my mother, Margaret, who had committed suicide eight years earlier. She was beautiful, a petite lady, with long blonde hair and surrounded by children, as if she was teaching them or talking to them. She radiated peace, and none of the trauma had experienced she had experienced in her lifetime. Her message to me was very strong, that I was very much loved and to stay connected to my sister. Although Caroline and I have always had a lot of love for each other, we have never been particularly connected. 
Her last words to me were, the only thing that's real is love. As I have been told by numerous people, those were the first words I spoke upon awakening. My last encounter was with my father, John, who had been brutally murdered 20 years before the date of my encounter by my godfather at our family home with the intent of also murdering Margaret. My father looked incredibly tall. He was very statuesque with his jet black, burl-creamed back. He was looking very dapper. He radiated peace and was incredibly refined and charming. My father in this lifetime was the type of person who had a presence when he walked in the room. Again, I was told I was very much loved, and from that point on, I felt a tremendous force as if being pushed at a great speed. Then, I awoke. I strongly remember the presence of four people in the room, in intensive care at the hospital. I still could not see properly as my sight had not returned. I could feel the presence, two of which were doctors and Rhonda, a lady who lived on the property with us. I could strongly see an aura of pale blue around my husband David. I regained my sight with time. I was then told the doctors were very concerned about that, that I had no fear. The road to recovery then started. Hmm. So, it sounds like she saw her dog, Mr. Miyagi, when she passed. And that was the first being that she saw during her transition, <laughs> was Mr. Miyagi. What a cute name. I know. I love the name. <laughs> <laughs> and then she saw Malcolm G, her mother, and her father. And it seems like she's had a very traumatic life, maybe. <sighs> Tumultuous life. Yeah. My goodness. And since we're discussing the pets, uh, I would say that in her case, her dog was waiting for her on the other side. Absolutely. So do all dogs go to heaven? Maybe. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Again. <laughs> hmm. So... She said that they didn't communicate through words, that it was just yeah, knowing. That's, that's what I found most of the time is that people on the other side don't necessarily communicate through speaking. It's more of like a mind to mind kind of thing. Like they're like they, nobody it's got like time she said, for that shit in Like heaven. she said, it's just <laughs> a knowing. Yeah. Yeah, it's too fast. Yeah. I think I I think that when you pass over the other side, you just move at a, like, breakneck breakneck speed. <laughs> so I wonder, you know, with this near-death experience, she's traveling through, and obvious, she's traveling through, um, I don't know the word to use, but she's traveling through some kind of death. A lot of times she's, they she, say I mean, she was clinic- tunnel. Yeah, tunnel. You know, there's something she's going through. Mm-hmm. And she didn't specifically say back, tunnel, but that's yeah, a frequent. She's coming, thing. but she's coming back out of the tunnel to be alive again. And it says later during questions that she was clinically announced dead for so yeah, eleven she was, minutes or twelve. She was minutes. definitely dead during her experience, which makes oh, it, yeah. you know, a, a little more special because th- there's actually documented. Like, it's documented that she was dead. And just from the few of these posts that I've read or, you know, 
they don't want to come back and it seems like these beings that they interact with are a way to to tell them that it's not their time right or to make them feel more peaceful about coming back into their life so this so obviously like these people that she's experienced are um communicators from maybe somewhere stronger like um from the other side higher power yeah yeah not even necessarily not even necessarily them really them that makes me question like what if they're just like um funnels for communication from something I mean, higher she to make her feel she more didn't comfortable. get told that she needs to come back right no no not specifically she just went one. back mm-hmm. which it's it's often they you know hey i want to stay here uh no you need to go back yeah. or it, it's your choice. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go back? And they're thinking about it. And usually when they're thinking about it, their decision is already made and they're already back in their body. Yeah. So I wonder, I mean, I'm curious to know, cause she was dead for a long time. Mm-hmm. It says I, in the later, it says It doesn't in sound later like question. she was struggling with dying. She just came back. Yeah. She's one of those uh, maybe. powerful ones, huh? <laughs> Maybe she was at peace already with it. Hmm. And when she came back, uh, she said she had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, new new relationships with her husband and Rhonda, the lady that lived on the property. But I think that was in her answers at the end. And it also says at the end that when she did awake she saw an aura of pale blue around her husband mm-hmm. so that represents who knows who knows <laughs> she didn't really um you know explain more about what that could mean to her okay so one thing that i thought was interesting she, one of the questions asked at the end during your experience did you gain information about love and she said yes the only thing that is real is love That message was given to me first by Mr. Miyagi, who gave me love and gratitude for his life that we shared together. My dear childhood friend, Malcolm, for our first experience of love to another person and the unconditional... It looks like she didn't quite finish her her sentence there. Maybe she died again. There was another one where she was talking about Mr. Miyagi. Um, okay. Are there one or several parts of your experience that are especially meaningful or significant to you? All parts of my experience are incredibly meaningful. The first part of the, per- the first part, the meeting with my dog that had passed Mr. Miyagi told me that it was very important to live with animals in your life and to love them as they have been part of our spirit's past experiences. I think that's interesting. Yeah, but in, she's saying here, I mean, Skeptic Hand is going to come mm-hmm, in, maybe mm-hmm. just for like the way that she explained the story earlier, but it says here that Mr. Miyagi told her something, but when I first read the story, uh-huh. Mr. Miyagi didn't say anything, they just knew. So is this is yeah. this is what she just knew? But like, like I, I'm saying, on the other side, I think there's no actually talking. It's just knowing and like yeah. the breakneck so this is of communication. So what Mr. Miyagi told her is that mm-hmm. 
it's very important to live with animals in your life and to love them as they have been part of our spirit's past experience. Mm-hmm. This is the information that she just knew when she saw Mr. Miyagi. That's, yes. I think that's true. It's confusing for people like me. Yeah, but uh, things are different on the other side. Um, you can talk to your pets, is what it sounds like. And I've read lots of other experiences where, yeah, they have like this telepathic communication with their pets. Absolutely, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> I'm just saying she should have worded it differently so I knew, so I wasn't confused. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, have, we have to consider it's just layman's, like anyone yes, can of submit course. their experience. I know, I'm just a brat. Not everyone's a mm-hmm. writer. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I, she came in contact with, you know, her parents, her friend mm-hmm. Malcolm. It wasn't just Mr. Miyagi. No, no, no. I mean, we have an animal <laughs> theme here, but I feel like a lot more um, affected by the parent story here. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. shoot. Let's go back. Her mother committed suicide. Oh, man. And her dad was yeah. murdered. And then yeah. apparently her mother was supposed to be murdered when her dad was murdered. I mean, And then committed suicide anyway. And then anyway. committed suicide much later anyway. Yeah. Like it said, like 20, what, 20 years? What was the? A significant 20 years before the date of her encounter. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. I mean, it's great this that woman... she saw Mr. Miyagi, but... <laughs> She's always had a lot more trauma in her yeah, life than just yeah. just this. It seems like she's yeah. Mean. Maybe this near death experience is not even the worst thing that has happened mm, to her. No. But I don't think near death experiences are something bad. Let me see. Uh, well, she says that this her is... near death experience. Uh, I think it was entirely pleasant. Yeah, that's how she explains it here. Yeah, she yes. Entirely How would you consider pleasant. the content of your experience entirely pleasant? So actually, the near-death experience probably was a really good point in her life. I'm sure meeting her parents and being able to feel that love for them, regardless of you know the extremely, extremely tragic way that they left this world, and then her seeing them in this you know wonderful, beautiful-looking field of flowers and them looking happy and young and mm-hmm. put together and British. British! Because this lady's British. <laughs> um, we learned what uh, burl cream is, everyone. <laughs> the part that I read that included that her father looked incredibly tall, very statuesque, and he had jet black burl creamed back, which means I think his, yeah, hair, his was hair was styled with a British brand of gel. <laughs> I had to seary the shit out of it. If you guys want to hear it, look, listen. Brill cream. Brill cream. Still Brill saying cream. it wrong. Brill cream. <laughs> and so I don't think that we touched on how exactly she had her, yeah. her near death experience. Mm-hmm. So at the time of your experience, was there an associated life threatening event? She says, yes, allergic reaction, CPR given, clinical death. The day was Sunday, a rather warm October day. As I sat down for a rest, I started to think I had sunstroke as I had not been wearing a hat. 
A tremendous surge of heat (laughs) ran through my body. On standing and taking a few paces forward, I knew I was in trouble. I lost my vision immediately and could hear the pound of my heartbreak become my heartbreak my heartbeat (laughs) become increasingly (laughs) loud and slower i knew i was dying god that's got to be a scary moment knowing that you're dying and but she i mean but i think coming coming on the other side out the other side of it 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 could be entirely pleasant like she's had and i mean i i guess another good definition to think about is what clinical death is to be announced dead yeah that means you do not have a heartbeat or breathing and no breathing yeah yeah they she defined clinical it for death. us here yeah cessation, so cessation of, of breath of breathing breathing or-, or heart function or brain function yeah so i think we talk a lot about clinical death and it's definitely a way to document that yeah this person died and so 100% I think died their story for sure in the hospital. A lot more credible mm-hmm. when someone has clinically died. Yeah, so this lady, it says. What, 11 Jacqueline, or 12 minutes? Yeah, when she was in the hospital, she's pronounced dead for 11 minutes. Mm-hmm. And because it was in the hospital, somehow word traveled through media and she was being contacted on her way home from the hospital oh, yeah she got on tv because of this yes so she said large changes in her life happened because she had her story documented in australia and aired on channel 7 tv must be a, a big a big <laughs> a channel. channel in australia <laughs> um so she's had a lot of attention because of it um and yes, there is a part. Uh, anaphylactic death was unusual, and they've been told that it was the longest recorded death for 2011 in Australia. On her Immediately on her return home, she was contacted by media, both local and statewide, all wanting to document her story. So this is like a bigger one. Like, this one became yeah, pretty you know, famous. A lot of people... They they go on to make documentaries or they write books, and they I think that they they feel a need to get their stories out there, and this is just one I think smaller way to get their stories out there because I don't think a lot of people read these stories, but you know you're more likely to watch like a documentary or YouTube or maybe read a book if you're interested in those things and this specific woman Jacqueline has experienced multiple NDEs near oh, death yeah. experiences she said that she said something about this is her she has three exits and she knew she had three exits and this was her second one yeah she said As a child of 11, she went into a very ordinary operation to take her tonsils out. She was over-anesthized. I think that's how you say it. Anesthetized. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I don't want to be disrespectful. I just can't say Too much anesthesia. She said, said, obviously, (laughs) yes. She had too much anesthesia. And she didn't have the experience at age 11 that she is explaining in this previous synopsis here. 
and but she has had three experiences total. So I feel like I don't know if she's, she's actually had. had I don't know if she's had the third experience. Maybe she just no, she knows she's exit. going to have three. Okay. I don't know if the third one is the last one or if it's a, a separate experience that she's already experienced. She knows she's going to have a third but one because she's going to die. Fully, like, <laughs> but that for is real. a common, a common thing. Is um, sometimes they'll be told that they're going to have more experiences like this. Like they'll be told. Mm. On the fourth one, you can leave. So I don't know if she has had three or if she knows mm. she's going to have a third one. But I've seen people upload more than one of these. Or She said she certainly did not have the experience that she's talking about today, but did have the knowing of her three exit points and did have the knowing that all family and friends would tell her that they that she was very artistic and special. Okay. Okay. She's a special lady. <laughs> she proud to be special. <laughs> uh, she believes that her experience was definitely real. Um, I read earlier that she does not believe that people are psychic, but she thinks that we all ha have psychic abilities. And that we ignore them in this life. Oh, we certainly don't mean to. Fuck, if I could be psychic, I would be psychic. Well, I'm sure anyone who thinks they're psychic <laughs> yeah. is labeled crazy. So, Or they're lying. Or they're lying. <laughs> well, I, a lot of people on here, I think that they're psychic after. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. No, a, a lot of people that. think that they come back with psychic abilities and... I just think it's interesting that it seems like you can't record it or anticipate it. Or even describe it? No. <laughs> Maybe that's what, you know, makes it special. Maybe they're it's not just, psychic. You know, all those fuckers out there that, like, label themselves as psychic and steal your <laughs> money. That's who I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I don't think that you can do this and make money off of it. No. No. I don't think that's in the realm of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Um, maybe religion is a good thing to touch over in okay, general uh, as well. She was she was Buddhist beforehand. Where is it? She was Buddhist, and now she's still Buddhist. She's still Buddhist. And she's Buddhist, but she was brought up under the influence of the Church of England during her school years. So I think I think she's she says she's pretty she's pretty open, but Buddhist. Buddhist. Mm. <laughs> Buddhist. Buddhist. Well, I think that kind of yeah touches. I mean, the we story. didn't talk too much about the dog, but I mean, uh, I still I still think that the dogs are the dogs are on the other side waiting for you. I think the dogs are going to be there for you. The pets are going to be there. Oh, that's not just the dogs. What would It'll you have? Cats. What would you have on the other side waiting for you? What do you think I would have? On yeah, the other I have side? chinchillas, hamsters, oh, a rabbit. Um, like, I would probably have like dogs. twenty cats because twenty cats. Yes, because I grew up <laughs> with a lot of different cats in my lifetime, mm -hmm. and a lot of time those cats ended up um, being um, taken to the country. 
Oh, okay. That's what I was told. Okay, they or went they away. ran away. Yeah. So I, I had have some dogs run away. I have quite a few cats in my time. I have a few dogs. I have a few fishes. Fish. Oh yeah, I have fish, moose, Jen, Stephanie. Shout out to you. Oh, you know how many roly polies that will be <laughs> raiding for me? You know how many roly poly pets I have? Delilah the them. hamster. <laughs> Um, Maru, the chinchilla, Mm -hmm. shout out to you. I'll see you later. No, I didn't have an extremely, um, variant list of pets. It was mostly cats and fish and a few dogs. Okay. But there will certainly be... I I believe they're there waiting. I hope they respect me while they're there waiting because I didn't mean, (laughs) I didn't mean for this to happen. (laughs) To die? <laughs> well, no, because they didn't die. I know they just got like dropped oh, off somewhere. Oh, so oh. obviously, like a, yeah, a few I of don't, them don't I, exist anymore. But I hope they don't I'm blame thinking, me. No, no. I'm sure if you were good to them and loved them, they're they're just excited to see you. Yeah, I think they'll be excited <laughs> to see me too because yeah, I loved them. I loved them. Make a list. Make a list of your pets and don't forget them. They may be waiting there for you. Thank, Thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, thank you to everyone who submits their stories to to nderf.org. Uh, you can definitely find the link to this story below, and you can read more about her, and, and I'm sure you can look her up on Google and find out more about her story, considering she was the longest dead person in Australia of 2011. 2011. Yes, so definitely go and look up more of those stories and read up on near-death experiences for yourself. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you.